Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of My Dynasty Diary. I'm uh, Eric Finn. I'm the editor-in-chief over at Dynasty Football Factory. Um, this is a big week. It's draft week. Everybody's excited. Make sure and get over there because we have a, a ton of content coming your way. Um, so I'm only behind the scenes guy. I like to, I'm basically using the site as a, my own personal uh, freebie. So I'm getting all the good content before it even comes out. Um, so if somebody says, go pick up this guy, go pick up that guy. I'm way ahead in the waivers. <laughs> Don't worry about me. So I'm trying to get people in here to help you get ahead of get a, get ahead of your league. Uh, and one way I'm going to do that is bring in guests like my next guest. He's a he's a colleague of mine over at Dynasty Football Factory. He's a, a prolific writer there. He's the director of the Dynasty content, and um, he's the co-host of uh, any given any given pod. And you can find that at any given pod. And all the good po- good podcast apps out there. And um, he goes by Ask Willie Beeman, that's B-E-A-M-A-N-F-F on Twitter. And we know him as Steeman Beeman. So welcome, Billy. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for having me on, Eric. Uh, I love what you're doing with the pod so far. Uh, each episode has been actually really, really awesome. And just uh, excited to be another edition. Well, we're only as good as the guests, isn't it? And... Uh, <laughs> Glad to have you here with us tonight. Um, so you're you're a writer over at uh, DFF. Uh, you're working with myself, and uh, you've a great tandem on the Dynasty team. Um, and we uh, recently we went through a, a Superflex rookie mock together. Uh, how did that? How do you think that went for you? Would you be happy taking those four players and, and coming out at the end of it with them? Honestly, uh, I I really first of all I wish my second pick was the player that got picked after me after my player. So um, I could have done better here, I think. Uh, but I, but I, re- I really did like a couple of my picks. So I don't think you did too bad seeing as you were, you were coming off to, I think you were in the 11th spot, weren't you? Yeah, I was the one eleven, So um, had to wait on, you know, most of the guys I'd really want in the first round there, but um, I've done a couple of drafts towards the end and noticed that you can get, my first pick, let me say, it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I've noticed you can get him really in, in like, like that 109 to 112 range. And I've seen him go over into the second, but very few times. Um, but I just think he's, you know, he's the la- he was really the last, I think, you know, real running back in this class who's going to get an opportunity um, in the league immediately. So uh, I think the next guy after him, at running back that was taken with Zach Moss and I, I don't really want any part of that personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, as a spoiler, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the first round and I'll, I'll, I'll come to you after naming your pick already. But at, at one, at one on one, it was Jonathan Taylor. One or two was, it's a super flex. Obviously one or two was Burrow. So surprise already the Taylor went over Burrow and two went to one or three. I picked up DeAndre Swift at one or four. C.D. Lamb, 105, Dobbins, 106, Akers, 7, QD, 8, Rager, 9, Justin Harbert fell to 110, you picked up Clyde Edward Hilaire at 111, and Zach Moss went straight after you at 112. I would hate to be picking Zach Moss at the end of the first round. Anyway, <laughs> you, as you said, you took Hilaire uh, at 111, so he was the RB5 off the board. Um, he's a small guy. 
There's no doubt he's, he's not the biggest. Do you reckon he'll hold up in the league? I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't – until I see some reason to think otherwise, yeah, because he really – he comps really well to a Ray Rice kind of player and they're, you know, very similar height and weight. I, I don't see any reason why he can't hold up unless he has some soft tissue injuries or some, you know, injury history that I'm not aware of. But uh, I haven't seen anything to cause concern there. So, yeah. They've had a few – Decent run, I suppose, decent running backs coming out of LSU last year. As you had uh, Fournette, who he was a monster at one stage. Now you can't, you can't say any otherwise. And guys, we still haven't seen the best of him in the league. But before, before Hilaire, there was a guy called Nick Rosette. I think is he on the practice squad or something in Patriots or something? At one point, but uh, I don't think anymore. <laughs> So he, he he's, he's he's kind of in a, a range there. It could, it could go either way, <laughs> but he, he's definitely going to get the draft capital in your in your superflex leagues. And at one eleven, he was probably good value there for RB five. Um, so sure. round two, I'll just run through it. it went two hundred one went Jalen Hurts, two hundred two Jefferson, Rugs went two hundred three. I took Mims two hundred four, Jordan Love two hundred five. Chenoa, 206. Higgins, 207. Brandon Ayuk, 208. Brian Edwards, 209. Antonio Gibson, 210. Running back. Um, you took Michael Pittman at 211, and Tyler Johnson went 212. So, again, you probably got the value there again at the end of the, of the second round with Pittman. Uh, what do you make of this guy? So, I, I like Pittman. Um, really, what stuck out to me was was his film, honestly. Uh, I mean, he's a bigger, he's a bigger guy. He's more of the prototypical size. Um, <clears throat> doesn't seem to have like the speed really to, to play on the outside, like the NFL would want, but his film is just like awesome. Like he looked great in college. Uh, he looked like a men amongst boys out there. So that's what really drove me to him. Um, I didn't realize that he was a little bit on the older side compared to some of the other rookies coming in. So that, when I was my um, I guess my look back after I, I was kind of looking into the receivers and, and Tyler Johnson really stuck out to me ahead of Michael Pittman. So I kind of, I think I would have flipped that around if I had to do it again in that same spot. Okay. But the, um, I suppose the NFL, there's talks at the NFL don't like uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, so you might be a six foot four guy on the outside there. Pittman yeah. Might be no, like, and and they might not like him. That 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 could be a problem. Actually, I, I made that as a note when I was going through this. That you know this these drafts are really tough to do without the landing spot, or without knowing what's happening in this draft. Because maybe maybe Michael Pittman doesn't ever get chosen because he just fell forever. You know what I mean? And and he's yeah. not even in that range anymore. So um, it is a little tough to do there. But again, yeah. I, I guess I'm getting caught up a little bit on the stats with Tyler Johnson um, and, and his breakout age, just being so young and how, how good he was, but it's true. If the NFL doesn't like him, then yeah, I I'll definitely keep my Michael Pittman pick and move on. <laughs> yeah. I think I said this, I think I said this to, to Shane last week in the pod that uh, I don't really, I used to watch a lot of tape and stuff and I just, I'm just not as good as the other guys at it. And I'm good at reading numbers. All right. But, I'm not going to come up with any fancy metrics to 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 
to show anybody. So I'm just going by the numbers as well until the NFL tell us where things are, where things lie. So I'd say you probably got the best of that there, the way taking Pittman. Uh, so yes. we'll run on to third round, which was Eno Benjamin going 301, AJ Dillon, KJ Hamler, Jake Fromm, myself, Chase Claypool, still a wide receiver, but we'll see. Tight end probably, empty names, <laughs> Fairland, Downton Evans, Keyshawn Vaughan, Joshua Kelly, I like that pick there, 309, um, mm-hmm. Antonio Gandhi Golden, 310. And you went for Donovan Peoples Jones and at three eleven, and Michael Pirine went three twelve. No relation to the other Pirine, I assume. <laughs> but uh, you went for Peoples Jones. He used to be the number one recruit coming out of college, didn't he? Yep. Or coming out of high school. Out of high school, yeah. So he he's the the Michigan Wolverines receiver. He's six two two oh seven. So you could see I kind of have a type. I like the big body receivers. <laughs> um so yeah i mean i think that again landing spots going to matter a lot for these kind of picks these these you know the receivers here but i'm like you said you know a a top rated recruit with that kind of size um you know coming out of a, a good school like that at the end of the third round there wasn't that many uh picks here with with more upside so i thought you know choose another receiver let's let's have two and see if one of them pans out hmm. um as i was saying i really like that joshua kelly pick back there just listening to people on on podcasts talking about him that he could be a three down guy and getting him that late it's definitely worth a dart um i'll tell you what i'm i'm, I'm taking note of him because i'm I, i'm not uh read up on on him so yeah, interested I, to see. Yeah, do do a bit of work on him. He looks like a guy that might uh, might be worth value there. So when when you go into the fourth round, we've got Lynn Borden Jr. four hundred one, Eason Jacob Eason at four hundred two, the guy that Jake Fromm booted out of uh, of Georgia, uh, Quintus Cephas four hundred three. They took Duvernay at four hundred four, DJ Dallas, Ben Jefferson, Isaiah Hodgson, and then. It went tight and crazy. Um, <laughs> when Cole committed 408, Albert O at 409, Turpin at 410. You took Randy Masters, Randy Masters' son, Tedius, at 411, and Jacob Wheelan went 412. So you went with the, the big name brand value there. Tedius <laughs> yeah, Mars. so Yeah, I mean, at the end of this draft, uh, what, second to last pick, I, so a couple things. When I, when I watched some of the film on the tight ends, what I noticed was that most of them aren't blocking tight ends. I think that, you know, anybody who's done any research probably heard that at this point. Mm. And what I did notice is that Thaddeus Moss was actually really good at blocking. And I know that that's one thing that'll get you on the field instantly in the NFL is being a good blocker. So he's also pretty good. He was, you know, pretty good in the passing game at LSU as well. So just a guy who can get on the field quicker with, you know, the Moss family name on him and he can do some receiving, you know, I'll take a shot at the end of the fourth round on a guy like that any day, especially in, in a, you know, in a class where the tight ends are a lot smaller and um, you know, more path, you know, more the passing style kind of guys. 
Is it 92% catch rate, something crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. I think I wrote that in the article. It was, like, unbelievable. He, could, he dropped, like, four balls, or, you know, he didn't catch four balls, however it happened. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, see how that will um, transfer to the NFL again. Um, what, I, so, what I will say yeah. is one thing about that I – wanted to say is Jacob Eason. I, I do not get the love, like any kind of love with Jacob Eason. I think he is going to be like a major bust. And I don't get what the hate is with T Higgins. Is it just that he didn't, he didn't uh, work out of the combine? Possibly. Yeah. Cause he, well, he, he did produce the Clemson. He was uh, like last year, like everybody was talking about T Higgins. Uh, as the man coming coming into this year, and he has dropped. Where did he go on this draft again? Well, the reason uh, I say is he went at two point seven, hmm. Hmm. which is pretty far down. I mean, next to Brandon Ayuk, like that's that's um, not a good place to be sitting alongside. I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he still he still went. Yeah, uh, you have Lamb, Judy, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Ruggs and Mims, and I can't see him jumping any of them, really. He might pass Chanel. Um, yeah, I think I'd take him over Chanel. Um, obviously, Ruggs is super fast, so you, it's hard to take anybody over him. And, if, and if the talks that he's going to get first-round draft value, then like you're going to have to like you know you have to take stock of that. Um, That's true. What, what I was surprised was seeing Jalen Hurts at 201. Um, thought it was very early, just like Zach Moss at one twelve. I felt that those two could have basically yeah. fallen behind Higgins there, like, and pushed him up two or three spots. That you'd be taking Higgins say at two or four, rather than the two or seven spot. Uh, yep, yeah, I agree. That's probably what would actually happen in most drafts because that's early, early for Hertz and Moss. Yeah, yeah. And Eason, as you say, like I don't like him either. If if Jake Fromm is going to get you. Kicked from Georgia, like it's it's not. Uh, he's got what is it, eight inch hands or something? Uh, yeah, so. but I I mean between Fromm and him, like Fromm is light years ahead. Just like above Jacob the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jacob Eason. Everything I saw from him was literally one read and throw it. Otherwise, it was like a bad situation. So I don't know. Uh, you have to take quarterbacks in these super flex drafts, but some of them you may just. Just leave, just leave it. Get one of those tight ends. <laughs> exactly. Get, get that Thaddeus Moss pick in, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of tight ends, uh, just before we came on, a friend of yours uh, up in New England, there's uh, a big talk about a uh, trade going down with, uh, with Tampa Bay. And it's not Tom Brady we're talking about. It's, it's, we're talking about Gronk coming back and uh, smashing it down in Tampa with, with his big buddy. What do you reckon that as a Patriots fan? <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I think I'm just going to leave this recording altogether. I'm done. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's funny because we talked about this in one of the, one of, you know, with, with our DFF colleagues uh, a week or two ago. I remember I, I, I came into the thread and I was like, there's no way he gets traded. He's retired. It's done. Like, stop talking about this. It's done. <laughs> and it just pisses me off that I'm this wrong about it. <laughs> I was literally but, uh, checking my shares there before I came on with you. I've won in a one, one in a tight end premium league, and another. I just noticed that I, I 
dropped him a couple of weeks ago to get under the roster limits. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be a rush to the waivers just to try and get, if I get a card for him, I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Do what the Patriots did. They just, you know, they're like, oh, we'll take a fourth. That works. <laughs> I know this is off the, I know this is throwing at you there now, but where would we rank for you, like, among the crop of tight ends, would you reckon? If, uh, like, I'll put up the, the ADP there. Would you, would he be, I'm just seeing here on names. So, Jack Doyle is a guy, he's tight end 25. He'd still be below him, though, would he? Wait, Jack, Jack Doyle is tied in 25? Tied in 25, yeah. In the April So he's not, even, he's not even a tied in two. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. I mean, it, it's tough. Like, I expect them to move O.J. Howard or, or do something there. I, I can't imagine they go in with Gronk, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Bray. Maybe – I mean, they could, I'm sure. But my point being is if they move on from one of those guys, then I, I'd – I'd think that he'd be somewhere in the 15 to 20 tight end range, probably ahead of Doyle. I'll just give you yeah, that. I'll just, run, I'll just run down through 15 to, to 24 there. Um, so you've got Higby, Ian Thomas, Johnny Smith, Hayden Hurst, new guy in Atlanta, Matt Ryan's favorite target, <laughs> David Njoku, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Blake Jarwin, another guy we'll be talking about, and Dawson Knox. And Chris Herndon Jr. and mm. two cup only three. I just noticed only three spots behind Dial at tight end twenty eight is Alberto as the top rookie tight end in the ADP. Wow! Wow! Um, All right. Well, I'd definitely take him over Alberto. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. So after Hayden Hurst, that's kind of where I'd start looking at him. Um, I did hear a few options in there though that that I'd take over him, but it it's hard to see him not performing well over there in Tampa. Just it's such a better, it, it really seems to me like a better situation than if he showed back up at the Patriots, they have two great wideouts, you know, they have, they have a bunch of threats that aren't him. So he's going to have some opportunity and I doubt he's going to be doing the majority of the blocking at mm. this point, at this point coming back. So yeah, I mean, he's worth a flyer. Like for dynasty, I'd be doing what you're doing personally. I'd want to sell him for a third or something like that. Absolutely. Let him have a Jason Witten season and uh, be a back in tight end one or if you want. I don't care. Uh, I'll find somebody else with that pick. Um, yeah, exactly. And and of the names you mentioned, that then I realized there's a lot of guys out there, you know, between Jonu Smith and, and Blake Jarwin. Like, I, Blake Jarwin, I was looking at ADP. He's, he's like you just said, he's what, like 25? Tight end 22. Or, yeah, 22 in April. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. He should, I, I think he's going to do he, – he's the number one tight end over there now. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. On a team that uses him. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. You, you have to think that they're going to use him. They're not going to draft any of these guys, I'd say. Uh, unless, unless now those guys like O.J. Howard on the market. Cameron Braid, I, I really liked him as an option. I had, I had him as a, a late guy. Um, have him on a lot of rosters well, just as a filler, like, but he, he gets red zone looks. Um, but Jarman, his ADP no, I, has, has risen steadily, like, uh, since Witten went to Las Vegas. I suppose he went from February, he was ADP 227, he's now up to 167 overall. Um, whatever time he's ranking is that, so yeah, 
So he, he's definitely in, he's definitely in the tight end, late tight end two range. So we may as well talk about him now because you reckon he could be the next breakout tight end um, out yeah. there, not a waller. <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah. So I, um, I, I do have him as a candidate for a breakout tight end. I wrote um, an article for DFF recently on him. Uh, just a couple things here to mention for the reasons why, you know, I see some opportunity. So first of all, just from a value standpoint, like we're just talking about, although his ADP is risen, like he's still at the back end there. So even if you take a shot on him, you're not paying a lot for that, for that, you know, uh, dart throw. Um, so there's that, but as far as breaking out, first of all, opportunities, everything with these tight ends. So he just got a three year, $23 million deal with uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Jason Winton's now out the door. So he is the number one tight end on the team. And that's on a team that threw, what is it? 94 or on a team that had 94 receptions total. I, I don't have the targets in front of me, but you know, 94 receptions between Witten and Jarwin last year. So if, you know, if Jarwin alone had all that work, you know, he'd have, 80 plus targets and likely have likely would have finished with around 60 receptions, 700 plus uh, yards and six touchdowns. So that's, I mean, that's looking pretty good for, you know, for, um, for a tight end, for a fancy tight end. Yeah. So uh, Witten got 83 targets last year and Jarwin has 41. So if, if he could move up to say even the hundred range, right. that range, that's, that's a good, that's a decent tight end. No doubt yep. about it. And uh, and last year he was and, and last year he played. I think Jarwin played just fifty um, percent of the snaps just one time in two thousand nineteen, and he produced you know thirty one catches, three hundred sixty five yards, and three touchdowns. So with the increased opportunity, I mean, there's you know there's a there's a lot there, a lot of fantasy production there to to be had. Um, and the last thing I had there, so um, in doing some research, I was I I always uh, go over to. Uh, sharp football statistics. Um, some may be familiar with the site. It's a really, really great site. They have some good stats, and um, they have one that's tours. So it's targets. Going to ask you about that, Jeff. It's a yeah. Tour. So it's a target and output adjusted um, success rating. So it, it it's exactly what it says. It looks at their you know the amount of targets they're receiving and what the what their production is and giving you a success rating based on that and. He was, he had the fifth, fifth highest, uh, he provided the fifth highest passer rating to his quarterbacks among tight ends with at least 30 targets in 2019. So, I mean, it's a great sign for him going forward of what he can provide for Dak Prescott and, you know, the looks that he's going to be getting from him, um, are going to be valuable. Any, any fear that the, the change from, from, um, or to change over to Mike McCarthy might negatively impact the whole offense uh, especially yeah. in tight end production <laughs> yeah i mean i i know that he carries that uh stigma coming from green bay where where there's been very little tight end production over the you know past decade probably short of jermichael Finley. Finley. Yeah, yeah yeah so you know when i did when i did look into that because i think i looked into that for another article uh i found a lot of that like even when he was gone that was a, that's an Aaron Rodgers thing. It, it appeared, I, I mean, it could be both of them 
to some extent, but it, but it definitely appears to be something that sticks with Aaron Rodgers, regardless of who the coach is that he doesn't, he doesn't target his tight ends very well, not whether it's the average depth of target or just the amount of targets going their way. They just don't get it from him. So I'm holding out some hope just in the fact that, you know, Dak Prescott uses his tight ends fairly often Mm -hmm. and, and he's familiar with Blake Jarwin and I, you know, there's no reason that really should change um, going into 2020. So there's, there's that concern there, but I, I don't think it's, it's as a, I think it's a little bit overblown of a narrative. Yeah, and a tight end 22 is not exactly going to set your back a, a lot in, um, in, in any kind of dynasty value, like you're, what picks you're going to have to, to give up or what players you might have to give up to get them. Um, so how, how could he go there in that chart? Would he, would he be above Ian Thomas and Hayden Hurst and those guys? Would he, would he, be, a, could he be an early, for, early tight end too? Kinda? Yeah, he could be in that early tight end two range. And honestly, with, with kind of the word coming out and, and everybody talking, he's probably going to creep up a little bit more and you might have to spend more than, than you'd want to get him. But, you know, I'd take him over Ian Thomas for sure. Uh, I don't think I'd take him over Hurst or uh, who's the other one you mentioned? Janu. Jonu, yeah, Jonu, yeah, Jonu. I, I have high hopes for Jonu. I, I really like his outlook just with with no Delaney Walker there and Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. That's mm-hmm. that's great news for for tight ends. So I, I think I'd take him over uh, Ian Thomas just because Teddy Bridgewater. I, he, he might you know because he throws short, he might be good for tight ends, but it's just He's not there's a lot awesome. of. Exactly. It's not Greg Olson. That's, that's exactly right. So uh, yeah, I think I'd take him there, but Hayden Hurst, like you said, he's, he's uh, Matt Ryan's favorite target. There's there. I want to see what happens there. So I'd take a shot on him. Yeah. For one or two years until he retires and uh, we'll see how he goes. <laughs> so Tars a nice draft. Um, it's really exciting. Like it's, it's the only sport we've had like in <laughs> God, for God knows how long. How excited are you for it? Like, uh, is, it, is this like, is this like, oh, Christmas is coming at once or what? <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I woke up, I woke up Monday and I was like, oh my God, four days? Are you serious? I got to wait four days for this? Like, come <laughs> on. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really stuck. I, I just like the event and, and just watching where everybody falls, whether it's my team or not. I, I really enjoy the whole thing. Going to be added. This is going to be added. A uh, kind of excitement this year because it's all kind of all changed. Like and it's not the same usual format. It's going to be. It's going to be like we're all uh, uh, drafting on our NFL pre-draft rosters or pre-draft uh, screens or whatever. Trying to figure yeah. out like uh, we'll be all on Zoom or they're all on Zoom or whatever they'll be. However they'll be making the picks, but it's going to be really interesting. Uh, it is. It's. By our reports, like we're we're just waiting for getting oh, to back it up. It's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so who would who <laughs> if somebody landed in the, in New England, um, fantasy wise, would would they really excite you? Is, is there any guy in the draft that you'd be looking forward to seeing in your roster? Yeah, uh, it's it's tough because <laughs> the way the Patriots draft is this year, you know, they have the twenty second pick, they don't have a second, and then you know they. After that, it's kind of up in the air. So, I mean, I really would like to. 
Uh, so my, my buddy, um, my co-host on any given pod, he was actually saying how they could, they could jump up for a quarterback or, um, or a quarterback could fall to them there. Now I, I really like, I'd be excited if they jump up for a quarterback because then that means they believe in somebody. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's exciting, but it like, Oh God, I would, I would die if they jumped up and grabbed Herbert or, or, any of those guys, I would lose my mind. Um, <laughs> um, but look, like if see what I'm excited or what I'm looking forward to is seeing how far Tua falls. If he makes it past uh, the Dolphins, then then it kind of gets interesting. Could they move up into the ten, you know, and the fifteen range, and possibly want to grab him if if he fell there? So that. That would really excite me, uh, just because you know I, I like how Tua looks, and and he definitely could be a game changer. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the more likely scenario is that they'll they'll trade back and uh, pick up something else in the second round or or something. Um, is there a wide receiver you'll be after? Because I don't know, is is Harry going to work out there? Yeah, I honestly now that Harry doesn't have to deal with Brady banning him from uh catching balls, he he might actually have a shot. Like I I like I love Tom Brady, but that guy, he hates rookie receivers. He hates him. <laughs> he hates, hates him. So they're 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 screwed as soon as they get in as soon as they get into our system because he doesn't want to throw to him. So he might actually have a shot now, but I mean, who wouldn't love to see Justin Jefferson on the Patriots? Is that not like the most perfect fit? It it would be I I would be excited about that too as well yeah he he's a, he's a guy there that uh, would really walk you as a and uh, definitely be stepping straight into Edelman's shoes going down the line you would think um, absolutely but even if they didn't take Jefferson there like some Duvernay there like could be a, another guy who could slot in there at a cheaper rate later on down the rounds. Um, yeah. Is there is there any other excitement in the draft that you is there any other drama that you can see unfolding? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if if some of these defensive guys, like I know we all get caught up in the in the offense and everything, but if some of these defensive start falling, then it could get really interesting. Um, you know, some of the linebackers, Queen from uh, I think where's he from LSU or Alabama, Patrick Queen, I always yeah, forget, yeah, but, or I, Isaiah Simmons, where he goes. He won't be falling too so, far in so. No, no, I don't think so. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think aside from that, the, the main one would be Henry Ruggs. Is he going to get that first-round draft capital? And if so, where is it going to be? If he goes to the Vikings, how excited are we about that because of the low passing volume? You know, like, those are the kind of things that I'm I'm looking out for. I just recommend Ruggs, just just leave the Jets have him and we can, we can keep laughing again for another hour. <laughs> Oh my goodness! If that happens, wow, he will <laughs> fall so far in rookie drafts. It's not even funny. Uh, I just hope that CD Lamb doesn't fall there, like because that'd be so sick. Uh, whoever oh, goes there, <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully things like that won't happen, and uh, people will keep things together. Um, I must be crazy. I'm not the biggest CD Lamb fan. But I, I must be out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely wouldn't be his fan if he landed in, in on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we're 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 talking about fantasy football. We're writing about fantasy football. We're playing it every day. Um, how many how many leagues are you in, Billy? 
Um, all right. So Dynasty, I am in five. Right. Um, so you're, 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 it's on one hand. You're okay. It's on one hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I, th- that said last season I was in like, and, and with the redrafts included, like I was in like six or seven more redrafts and I was, I was at like 12 or something. And it was just, I, I was not pleased with what I did to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I know some people that have like 50, plus leagues and I just couldn't even I couldn't even fathom it yeah yeah I was up around 20 at one stage and down to an even dozen at the moment I think there might be one or two before the end of the year <laughs> before the year starts uh, that might be coming on stream as well but yeah it, it's it's hard to it's hard to stop sometimes <laughs> well it- it, it is, especially being, you know, a dynasty writer and, and player, you want it, you want to continue to, to be up on startups. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the thing is like, you, you don't want to get left behind and be like, Oh, haven't been in a startup in five years. Like, and then you don't know what the hell is going on. All you're doing is investing in your job. And that's really like, you know, you're investing in your writing skills by any of these leagues. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to start advocating for more uh, startup mocks, and uh, so I don't have to join six more leagues before the year starts. <laughs> so, what kind of formats are you playing? And is it is it all? Um, have any IDP? Is it is it um, the standard so, PPR auction so yeah, salary cap? I I'm in one. All right, so I'm in one free league all my other dynasty leagues are paid and it was a twitter league so um that one is an idp league that free one which i'm not the biggest fan of um probably because i'm lazy and i don't want to do all the work on the defensive end <laughs> for to dig into the stats and everything i mean that's probably what it is or maybe it's that i haven't found like the right uh league setup that kind of you know um accounts or counts the points so that they are even with all the other players but mm. that's not my favorite format all my other ones are you know regular dynasty ppr or not regular so let me start again they're super flex dynasty tight end premium leagues which so, is becoming the standard really at this stage yeah i'm i so before last year i was only redraft like I'd only ever played redraft. I had been trying to get into a dynasty league, but if you don't know enough people and it's kind of difficult until you figure out that Twitter has plenty of leagues for you. Yeah. Um, so before that I had never played Superflex. I'd never played two QB leagues. So I had never understood the value of playing in that style. And it's just, it's so much better. You, all the players are used you know what i mean you use every player everyone's accounted for so it's you know there's not just like a bunch of qbs you can go and stream if somebody gets hurt like you gotta you gotta really work for it so um yeah so all of them are that except for one and it's a salary cap salary cap dynasty league i'm in and that's tight end premium ppr the whole deal um and i love that league the salary cap stuff is awesome Hmm. absolutely Uh, that's the that's the bash league there is it that's uh Risky business. Oh yeah, you're in that league now too. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Took over uh, uh, dispersal. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting league. It's it's funny how this is year two and like all the players are are free agents right now. <laughs> you know, minus like two on each team. 
There's a ton of them, yeah. There's a lot of good owners in that league. I mean, a lot of leagues there with a few of those guys. And, uh, yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> so watch yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know. Bosch, Bosch is already, is already uh, murdered all of us the first year, dude. He, like, he basically ran over to us and stole all our first-round picks. He's like, give them to me. They're mine. He, he's got to lash them next year as well as he is. Just looking through there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he, he doesn't mind sending those things off. No, he, he'll always... Uh, you know, I was be out there training. Um, yeah, no. So we'll jump away from the fantasy for a while. And uh, I, I ask my guests every week a couple of uh, just fun things just to, to see what's going on there behind the scenes. Um, so everyone I ask, like I, I'm, into, I'm into music big time. So I ask people, uh, what, what would their Desert Island disc be if they had to bring an album with them? Yeah, that's, that's funny. So I... Um... I'm I'm a really big music fan as well. I I listen to just about everything, uh, but I am a really big hip hop head. I've always I've always been. My dad brought me up on it actually, mm-hmm. and uh, um, but I also do. I'm huge into like reggae rock as well. So those were kind of the two options in my head. But either way, what I what I ended up with was um, currency. He's a rapper, um, and his pilot talk trilogy it basically it's like his three of his like earliest albums are really good and it's just all compiled into one and it's really long and it's really awesome it's just really good chill music oh good stuff i was, I was checked that out um i'd be i would i wouldn't i wouldn't know i wouldn't know him to be honest but uh i'm definitely gonna check it out um, yeah absolutely you know Look, so, I'm I'm I'm, te- I'm trying to bring some people new fantasy news, new music news, whatever I can for you. We're here for it all. We're here for it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I also ask everyone, like, uh, what? what uh, there's a, a show that used to be on BBC called Room One Hundred and One, where you could uh, you just lock away all this uh, bad negative shit and uh, just throw it in there for forever. Uh, leave it. They would sit there for good. So is there anything that you'd like to shove into room 101 and get rid of? Yeah, I probably do need to shove this one into room 101. <laughs> um, so I have this really, like, I this pet peeve of mine, I hate having to repeat myself. And obviously not, like, if somebody's like, oh, what did you say? Like, that's different. But you know what I, you, if, you know what I mean. Like, if somebody's not listening and I have to repeat myself again, like, my fiance goes through this with me all the time. I turned her and I was like, what's one of my pet peeves? And she was like, repeating yourself. I was like, yeah, you're right. That is it. So that, that I need to throw in a room and get rid of for sure. So, so, so she's your fiance. So when, when you asked her to marry you, did, did, did she say, repeat that to her? She was like, huh? huh? What? <laughs> no, what, actually, when I asked her to when I asked her to marry me, she said she said you're you're kidding, right? You're kidding. <laughs> I was like, no, no, don't ruin this. <laughs> Very good. That's a good one. Uh, so, <laughs> repeat yourself. That's the job. And um, so we're all stuck in, in indoors these days. You and your friends says so. I couldn't tell you about TV up to, but uh, other people are watching telly and stuff, and. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you're watching? <laughs> is there anything in particular you're watching on, on any of the services that are looking um, for something there at the moment outside of Ozark? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh yeah, well, finished up Ozark. That was great. 
Um, so we actually just went back and started Ray Donovan. I don't know oh, if yeah. you've ever watched that. Ray the Otter, is it? Is that it? Oh, what was no. it? Uh, is it? Is it Ray the Otter's Ray Donovan, is it? No, who's Ray Donovan? I'm trying to think who uh, the Le- actor is. Leave Schreiber. Oh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then it's it's a great cast. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's it's an enjoyable an enjoyable watch for sure. Um, been watching that, and then um, in my in my hip hop world, um, there's this show. It's called Dave on um, Hulu, and it's uh, it's I don't know if you ever heard of Little Dicky, but yeah, either way, it's this guy Little Dicky, and he's he's a hilarious rapper. I actually highly recommend looking him up. He's a really funny guy, and he got really popular and the show just is basically about like is kind of like a you know a rendition of his life and and like how he came up in the in the hip-hop industry and it's it is one of the most cringeworthy hilarious things i've i've seen it's it's so well done it's crazy it's called dave um, is it yeah dave that's it on hulu i seriously i highly recommend it <laughs> every show we watch we're like why was that so good like i can't <laughs> believe it was that good um so yeah that's that's when I'd, I'd love everybody to get out there and see this stuff um so i'm all about hyping the the small guy here and the and the show like you know we all we all follow the mainstream guys and the not so mainstream guys but they have got plenty of people plenty of people firing them out there uh so we're getting all the same news is there any small time or small guy or guys that have under a thousand twitter followers say uh, that you like engaging with or that you find our content interesting and adding value? Absolutely. So um, I'm going to keep it in-house here because that's what we do. <laughs> and uh, actually, we mentioned one of them a little earlier. Uh, and I, I, I really love the work he's doing for us. And it's at FF underscore Spaceman. All right. So um, Dave Wright. Dave Wright. Yep. He is doing awesome work for us. And um, you mentioned his database. He has some really cool stuff that that you could go check out. Um, the free database, by the way, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then um, the second one I had was at FF underscore Walrus, and that's Kennedy. Yep. Yep. And he is he really Paracons needs to get crime. Some, yeah, we really need to get get him some followers. He is severely underfollowed, and I'm not having it. So. <laughs> Let's let's get this man uh, let's get this man a following and check out some of his articles. Uh, for those out there, you're you're definitely going to get to know these guys over the next couple of days. I can tell you because they're driving our draft coverage for uh, on the spot in initial reaction pieces on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and they're basically they're in the midst of getting 90, 90 odd player profiles. Kind of uh, format and, and set template set and uh, ready to go for as, as the as the picks are made, um, and we've got plenty of analysis and um, basically they're going to they're going to tell you what these guys do, what they can do for the teams that they're going to be on, and where you should draft them in your dynasty league. So yeah, that's that's two good guys to be watching out for, and um, just like yourself, you're. <laughs> You're a guy to be watching out for. Um, I'm sure you're about 800 odd followers, so make sure and you're following uh, at Willie Beam and DFF as well. Um, yeah, I just hit my 800 mark, man. I'm pretty I, excited. I, I saw that yesterday. <laughs> 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 uh, 
so there's a lot of guys that might be starting joining leagues out there, uh, whether whether they whether they have a real interest or whether they're bored at home during this crisis and are looking for something to do. But is there anything anything that you would that you could give to these people thinking that um, about starting out playing and um, that you wish you would know when you were starting out? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I have like three quick things here. I think that that are really important. That that kind of I thought of when when you know thinking about this question. Um, one of them was first of all, understand what fab is and implement it. Free agent <laughs> bucks, uh, free agent auction bucks, or whatever they yeah. call it. It is. I played for fifteen plus years under just waivers and or waiver order reverse order standings waivers or whatever and holy crap it is impossible to do it that way once you've done it with fab because there's an actual you can actually put a value on these guys you know you know what i mean like if you if your team is that desperate you can spend all your fab on it knowing that you can't really pick up anybody the rest of the year otherwise you know you're not getting screwed by by the last guy in the league who doesn't care about it anymore. And, you know, he's just picking up whoever, like all the good players and you're, and you're screwed. So I highly recommend that, that people understand and implement fab and don't get like bogged down by the, maybe they think it's like too complex. It's not, it's not. Okay. Okay. Um, Secondly, don't be afraid to lose a trade. And I, or, and when I say that, I mean, don't be afraid to, for it to appear like you lost a trade because, yeah. you know, none of us want to go on Twitter and post a poll and, and it go 90% the way that, you know, the other way. And we're like, oh shit, did I, did I just <laughs> lose that? Like, <laughs> so. It'll all come I back mean, your way. It swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. it does. And not just that, sometimes what you're trading for is more valuable to your team than the than another team. So, exactly, yeah. you know, it just, it is what it is. So that's just something to get out of your head. Don't worry about what other people think. Just, just kind of run your team the way you want. And the last thing, and we just talked about this, do not join too many leagues. Don't <laughs> do it. Don't do it. And I, I say that, the only reason I say that is because I'm sure you've experienced this and I'm, I'm starting to, and have, you know, if you have to, it, it just sucks to have to leave a dynasty league and, and have to have them find a, another owner. Now we all find new owners and it's fine. So it's not the biggest deal, but it's just something to, to avoid if you can jumping into a ton of different leagues. That's just my perspective on it. Good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, big, big part of that is yeah. Understand the league you're in uh, before you even join it. Uh, so you know that you're not getting too deep and uh, understand the bylaws yeah, as you say understand fab big big time um so that there are some good nuggets out there to to sign off on um so is there anything else you'd like to add anything you're working on at the moment that I, is going to hit my inbox um actually let me see because i did have it right up here so uh, a couple things. So I am actually, this is kind of a smaller one, but I'm going to be putting out um, a DeAndre Washington article uh, and just kind of detailing how that affects KC and, you know, and his fantasy status. So that'll be coming out soon. 
and we'll also um, a couple of us, including myself, will will be working on some uh, deeper dive rookie profiles, and we're definitely looking for suggestions. Um, not because we don't know who to look into, just because we want to know who you guys, who you, you know, to, yeah. the community wants to wants to know about. So we'd love to hear back. And uh, you know, I put a tweet out there. I'll keep tweeting about it. But we'll we'll have some some deeper dive, you know, later round rookie ro- rookie profiles for you guys. Um, so you know what to do there, and you have some some guys that you can pick up later rounds. Good stuff. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Willie for coming on tonight. Uh, it's great to have a. Uh, one of one of our guys on the line, <laughs> and uh, he's he's fighting a good cause for us at DFF. Uh, make sure you go out and follow him at uh, Willie Beeman DFF and check out his pod at any given pod. Uh, more nuggets of wisdom there to be to be got, um, <laughs> and make sure make sure that you're following all the DFF crew really because they're they're all putting out some great content and. Um, you can follow myself at Eric Chantlin and, and the pod itself at my fantasy or my dynasty diary. Um, and make sure and try and catch us the next time we see who we'll pull in to be our next guest. So thanks, Billy. Billy, cheers. Cheers for coming on, man. You're enjoying awesome. the draft. Thank you so much, Eric. Take it easy. Enjoy the draft. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing Gronk down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great. That's how we'll end this. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>